0: So, this is the Self-Development with Tactics Book. So, this is going to be about recessions and what you can do to survive, quote-unquote, a recession that might come up, or might is coming up, or maybe even not. But yeah, you know, as always, more after the intro. As every single day. You know, but it's still amazing. You know, it's still a lot of fun for me. Well, and with that being said, hello, welcome back to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tactics fucking podcast. <laughs> and yeah, before I even start the episode, because I just, you know, I would forget about it, this particular episode is also available as an audio-only version which means that you can listen to it, which means that it is a way more efficient way to just listen to it rather than watching the episode, you know, because the episode might be 30 minutes long, the episode might be 20 minutes long, the the episode might be, you know, it might even be 10 minutes long, you know, but this is just a really rare thing, you know, most often it's just more than 20 minutes and this is definitely something that not everybody can kind of afford, quote unquote, to invest 20 minutes in a random YouTube video, you know. Therefore, the link to the podcast, so the link to the audio-only version is down in the description. So check it out. It is available on Spotify, on um, Apple Podcast, on Google Podcasts, on CastBox, on actually every single platform there is, you know, where you might be listening to your favorite podcasts. There is also my podcast, so you can listen to it. It is way more efficient because you can do something simultaneously, Maybe, I don't know, tidying up your room, maybe learning something, maybe just something. You know, it is actually a pretty great and also pretty efficient way to learn just actually two things at a time, somehow, like in theory, just in real life, no, I think it (laughs) won't actually work. But yeah. Um, As I've already told you, you know, we're going to talk about recessions and I found a pretty great article from the CNBC makeit.com site. And or, is it actually CNBC makeit.com? I think it is makeit.cnbc.com or make, well, something like that. You know, the link definitely is down in the description if you want to check it out as well. And the article is called Mark Cuban, Seven money, Money, Money and Career Tips for Young People to Survive a Recession. And... Before I even talk about the tips, you might know that the recession is considered the economical kind of level or the economic, well, actually the economical state, you know, of an economy when there is a decline in the GDP, which is the gross domestic product or some other um, economical parameters or variables or factors uh, when those parameters or factors are declining for two is it I think either it is two years well you know let's actually google it you know why the fuck would I even kind of memorize that Um, a recession is a business cycle contraction when there is a general decline in economic activity well yeah actually there is a, a little bit of a better a better explanation for what a recession actually is. So in the United States, it is defined as a significant decline in economic activity spread across the market, lasting more than a few months, normally visible in real GDP, real income, employment, industrial production and wholesale retail sales. In the United Kingdom, it is defined as a negative economic growth for two consecutive, consecutive quarters this was actually the kind of explanation or definition that i was looking for so two um so negative economic growth which means it is declining basically for more for two or actually more than two consecutive quarters which is even the case for some countries at this point of time and actually some countries for example Australia I guess. I think it is actually Australia. Australia has been in a recession for five quarters now or maybe five years. No I think it was five quarters but really just take it with a grain of salt. You know I'm totally not educated at that or in that space. So there's actually quite a lot of countries you know that are near a recession or that are in a recession. The problem is we can't tell you know if there's going to be a recession. At least this is something that a lot of people say they can and or a lot of companies say they can but actually we only know when there is a recession when we are in one, and then it is a little bit too late for kind of trying to, I don't know, you know, trying to to get some canned beans as we would do it in war, you know, to just get some supply ready for these bad times. Actually, bad times, no, quote unquote, but it's actually bad times, and there is no way there, you know. Unfortunately, we are still working on that. It seems to be the case, or I've read at least. You know, to actually figure out how we could actually kind of predict that. But at this point in time, it is really not possible. But the thing is, the, econo- the economy has been pretty good for quite some while. And it is actually the exact same thing with war as well. You know, the last world war was um, from 1938 to 1945, which means it's 50, 70, 70 80, 90 years ago. And, um, or since then, and it is quite some time, to be honest. And I'm not, I'm not going to be like, I'm feared that there's going to be just some, some world war in the next, my lifetime or something. I, I am thinking about it. I am truly thinking about it, because the chances is not really low, to be honest. You know, it is relatively high. But the thing is, we are not having a war at the time, which is amazingly great, which is really great, and this is something that we should be focusing on, not about some future things that could happen or might happen, but really there is no kind of sign that it will happen, but yeah, um, a recession can definitely happen, you know, because the the economy has been pretty great for quite some while, I guess it's been a decade since the, the last recession that we had, which was I think 2007 to 2009 quite, which was the great recession actually, so a pretty severe one, you know, a pretty severe one, but you know, you might know about it. But let's actually move ahead and let's actually read this great article. So the Great Recession lasted from December 2007 through June 2009 and was the longest economic downturn since World War II. And now a decade out from that recession, there is talk and word that another one is coming. More than half of US CFOs, and I don't know what the CFOs are, which means 40, 53% believe the country will be in a recession by the end of the third quarter next year, a new survey from Duke University showed. that The number of Google searches for the word recession even spiked at the end of July. The resulting anxiety has people looking for advice on how to prepare and what to expect. And now here's Mark Cuban. And you might know Mark Cuban. He's actually having a net worth of 3 billion or something. If I remember that correctly, I've read it once. Like, you know, those things that you read once, you know, because we're all headline readers. And um, then you kind of feel like you remember everything. But no, at least I don't. You know, some really kind of random facts I do remember. Just because, I don't know, just because they they might be interesting for me or not. But yeah, um, he's actually an investor. He's owning the Dallas Mavericks, I guess they're called, aren't they? So it is basically an NBA team. And he is also on Shark Tank. You know, one of the uh, judges, if you want to call him like that, I guess. But yeah, you know, let's actually move to the tips. To the tips that he gives you for actually surviving a recession or a potential recession. And those tips are actually pretty great. And the funny story behind it is that somebody, I think it was actually a pretty... Uh, yeah, there you actually can see the, the threat or the treat. No, I think it's threat, isn't it? You know, the Twitter threat. And um, it actually emerged from a comment and uh, actually a random person, I guess, or maybe it is a company, you know, because it somehow sounds like a company or something. But, you know, anyway, they asked Mark Cuban what his tips are for a potential recession. And then he just gave them, I think it is seven tips or something, and they're pretty great. So the first one is, refinance your student loan and any other debt you have. Interest rates are at an all-time low. Which is actually a pretty pretty good advice, I have to say. You know, and also people like Warren Buffett have said that you know that it is actually a potential way to kind of um, reduce the amount of debt you're having potentially or in theory. But yeah, so Cuban suggests re- refinancing debt, and that is good advice. Andrew Pentis, a personal finance expert at Student Loan Hero, told CNBC Make It, with a strong credit history or. a co-signer who's credit worthy refinancing would allow you to nap one of those especially low rates that are advertised by lenders a lower interest rate equates to less money spent on accuring interest as you progress through repayment pentiles tells cnbc make it so just in the end you're going to save some money you know because um, you might know what refinancing is i didn't know before like i actually had to look up the word and whatsoever but it is basically that you're getting a debt for your debt Which is actually something that a lot of countries are doing. For example, Austria is doing that as a country. You know, they're they're getting just some money from the, um, I think, European Bank, I think it is called or something. I don't know. And, um, well, yeah, you know, they're they're going in debt for just paying off their debt. It is is a pretty funny concept, to be honest. And the first time I heard it, I was like, well, is this actually a good idea? Because I don't think so. The thing is, it is actually a good idea, you know, if it is. If we are in a recession, it is, it is to be really honest. It is a good idea because you're basically, if you're having the option, you know, if it is possible, you are in theory having the option to, to lower the amount of money you have to, uh, you have to acquire, you know, to actually paying off your debt, you know, because you're basically getting a debt for repaying your debt, but because the interest rate in recession times are lower, because obviously. Um, banks want to lend money. I guess this is the concept there. Then uh, um, you are just in the end having to just acquire way, maybe way, um, way less money than before, just because you went in debt for the debt, and the other debt, the new debt, was um, was having lower interest than the other one. I hope you understand what I mean. But I, I, I guess you do. You know, you're a smart fucking person. You know, you know what I talk about. Um, that said people's loan profiles and goals vary check the health of your credit score first to make sure you would be eligible for a better rate pentis said yeah to just really check before you know before you actually kind of try to do that and then it's not working in the end and you're just really fucked up and whatever yeah please check it out please check if it is working or it would be working for the case you know if the case would actually be there but yeah Uh, Also be aware that many lenders' lowest promoted rates are variable, meaning that they can just vary over time or they can just change over time, which is not the exact same thing for fixed rates, you know, so therefore look out for fixed rates and or for variable rates that might not really change that much, you know, it could be the case. I do not really know, I assume it could be the case. So as for student loans, be careful if you have federal loans. Because the thing is for federal loans is that uh, there are certain things like loan forgiveness programs and payment plans that slide based on your income, which um, are somehow safeguards that can be lost by acquiring a new debt for paying off the other debt. So please look out for that so that you do not have any problems afterwards and you know that you're actually making everything worse in the end, which is definitely something that is really not good, obviously. The second one is, save as much money as you can. The greatest opportunities come when you are one of the few with cash. Definitely that truth. And here is Warren Buffett again. Uh, auctionarian investing legend Warren Buffett has a similar perspective for investing. A simple rune, rule uh, dictates my buying. Be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. Buffett wrote in, in an opinion piece for the New York Times in October 2008. Uh, which was right at the time of the recession, of the Great Recession. And obviously, you know, it seems to be the case that Warren Buffett had some money back then. And I guess he also made some money back then just because the thing with the recession is that everything gets way cheaper. Because everybody wants to sell something, you know, everybody wants to have their money. And therefore, they're selling a lot of things. And, you know, in the end, it is better to get just 10 bucks instead of 100 bucks instead of zero bucks. In the end, in the really end, it's just going to be the case. And the thing is, if you don't have a lot of cash, you know, you could buy some companies, some entire fucking companies on a fucking dime. You could, you know, in theory, you know, in theory, it would be possible. Still, I don't know, a dime would just not be a dime in the end for a whole fucking company. It might be just 10 million instead of 100 million. But still, it is a tenth of the original price. Therefore, it is just pretty good. It really is good, you know, when you do just have the money, then, you know, then it is really nice. Therefore, look out for that, you know, look out for that and do not really invest. Like, it really does make sense, you know, if the whole um, investment graph, it's, if it is on a peak, you know, in a peak, just, I don't know, let's just view a whole graph. Let's, let's actually, let's actually view a graph. Let's actually view a graph. And there you have a graph, and it is a one-day graph. It might not be the best one. Let's actually look at a year one. Yeah, and it's a little bit of a yeah, never mind. The thing is, you can see there are 2000 and so, let's actually zoom in. 2018. In December 2018, maybe it's been 2019, the beginning of 2019. You can see that the price was way lower. You know, way lower might be a little bit overdone, but it was lower than now, basically. You know, in August 2019, or actually September 2019, it is at 3,000 for, um, I'm sorry, for the S&P 500 index. And um, back then it was 2,300. So you would have been able to save $700 in theory, which is definitely something, like $700 or $700, it is really good, like, there's nothing to debate about that, I guess, there really is not, (laughs) but yeah, let's move on, but I've actually skipped something, where they were also talking about Buffett, I guess, I guess, I guess, if I'm sure, or if I'm correct, but I'm not quite sure, but yeah, never mind, you know, let's move ahead, So in other words, if you have the ability to invest when the market is down and prices are low, do it. Because you could get a bargain in recessions. The nation's many sound companies will suffer earnings hiccups, or hiccups, I know, as they always have, Buffett wrote in 2008, but most major companies will be setting new profit records 5, 10 or 20 years from now. If you don't think you can pick stocks like Buffett, Cuban previously advised putting your money into an S&P 500, SPX fund which is basically the exact same thing that I've just shown you so it is basically a fund I guess for the S&P 500 uh, which is an index fund yeah I'm, I'm really not that educated you know even though it might seem like it I'm <laughs> really not I really am not educated I am not the third one understand the economics of the company you work for and the impact a slowdown would have on your job The basic thing he is talking about there is that you should be really conscious about how the company you're working at is working, basically. You know, how the whole system is functioning and how you could actually prevent yourself from getting kicked off and getting fired in a recession, in a potential recession that might come up or might not come up. The thing is, what I've immediately thought is, well, if you are just an incredibly valuable piece for the company, they are not going to fire you. So it also comes up to... uh, how valuable are how valuable you are for the company in the end? You know, because if you're not really valuable to the company, then of course they're gonna kick you off. They're gonna fire you because why wouldn't they? You know, should they just actually fire one that is incredibly valuable for the whole entire company just f- for the sake of keeping you? You know, you someone that is actually not working enough or is just not getting enough sales in or whatever it whatever it might be, just think about that. you know it just really makes sense and the thing is in general by knowing how this the structure is working and or how the structure is from your company or of the company you're working at um, could really also as he says actually prevent you from getting kicked off or laid off because well you could do something in advance you know you could do something to actually prevent that from happening by maybe actually I don't know working more in time so that they actually kind of consider you or consider to to keeping you. Could be one of the things. But to actually use his words. Um, if you recognize the risk. Then you can anticipate. Or at least have a general understanding. how About how a change in the economy will affect your job. Cuban said. Too many people get blindsided by layoffs. When they could have seen it coming. And maybe made a move in advance. The thing is we can really see it in advance. And it is actually, I'm I'm really wishing, you know, that somebody that is actually needing that is listening right now. I really hope that you might be, if you might be some truck driver or something, you know, something that might be laid off in the near future by AI, by something else, by autopilots, by whatever. Just really look out for that. I really wish that, I really wish and also hope that you're going to look out for that because chances are there, you know, and not only, if you're a truck driver or just anything correlated to driving, it could also be something different, you know, just really look out for that and just see which jobs are really like not good to just maintain basically. And uh, now I think you do just have enough time to figure out something else that you could be doing, you know, so that you can still make a living, even though just the other job was laid off by, in the end, by robots or by whatever it might be. But I'm, uh, I'm, I'm somehow believing in it, that it might be the case in 10 years or something, but I'm really not sure. You know, the whole autopilot thing is like, we have it, we have autopilot, so chances are there in theory, but I don't know, like, it is another space that I know something about, but really not as much as I maybe should to to argue about it or to, to, to just debate about it or whatever. The fourth one, the fourth strategy or the first fourth tip, I'm sorry. Live as much like a student as you can. The lower your bills, the lower your stress. Cuban is not the only one giving this advice either. It is your spending and not your income that dictates your feeling of financial comfort and ease, says the serial entrepreneur, self-help, self-made help self millionaire and New York University professor Scott Galloway. Galloway. Um, I didn't know him before and I haven't looked it up, unfortunately. So did they finish? The definition of rich is having passive income that's greater than your burn. It is actually, I don't know if it is actually kind of the official something definition or whatever, but it just somehow makes sense. You know, in the end, it really does make sense. The thing is, it is really easy to manipulate on and or somehow stimulate how much money you spend because you can just not spend as much as you're spending at this point in time you know you can just figure out some ways to not spend as much as you're doing right now which might be selling your home and going renting you could in theory be doing that if you're really serious about just maintaining wealth in terms of I don't know maintaining wealth building wealth whatever it might be if you're really serious about it you can do it you know if it would be worth it I don't know you know I've heard it Gary Vee saying and I believe in that and it might be just worth for you and it might also not be worth for you Um, you might also consider not eating out as much as you're doing right now you know you might consider not buying as many stuff or as much stuff that you actually in the end do not need as you're doing right now you might consider just in general not consuming as much as you're doing right now something that I'm in general seeing in the society or in society just really dominantly at this point in time I have to say you know especially in the youth you know just because I'm pretty young myself I'm 18 years old I do I am still attending school and it is actually a pretty great way to see what what first of all is popping in culture and society at this point in time or actually in the youth culture and society and just what is popular you know to see that and what I see is a lot of people that are wearing just branded clothes which is definitely not Something that's too bad, to be honest. But most often then feel like, well, it is probably the money of their parents in the end. You know, which I can understand. But the thing is, it shouldn't be the case, you know. But because they're then living in a fake world in the end. You know, you're then living in a fake world in the end. Because you're basically using the money from your parents to actually buy yourself something that you wouldn't be able to buy yourself. Because you wouldn't have the money for it. And then it is really like a thing... I have to say, like, don't do it, you know, it doesn't make any sense, you know, it doesn't make sense to create a world for your children, you know, from that standpoint of view on as well, that is not theirs, you know, that uh, wouldn't be actually able for them to sustain, you know, if you wouldn't be there somehow, you know, I also do understand that you just need a home and whatsoever, so it's, this is nothing to debate about, but it is about just some things that actually nobody needs, but this is just some things that they maybe want and in the end uh, why do they want it you know most often it is actually feeling cool and or just feeling great or just being feeling cool to other people and also looking cool to other people in the end it is actually pretty often the case unfortunately really unfortunately because I don't know like would all those people be just as confident as they are if they wouldn't have those designer clothes or those just good looking clothes or whatever. And especially because like you don't need fucking designer clothes to look good in your clothes. You know, another point of that or another part of that is actually working out and looking good just naturally. Like it is a pretty cheap way. Actually it's a free way to look good in any clothes that you're wearing, potentially. In just or and or in theory, in real life or practically maybe not, you know, because you can still just wear really baggy clothes and you would just look like shit in the end. But yeah, you know, it is really kind of a debate on a higher level in terms of living in a first world country and really not being, I don't know, you know, really, yeah, never mind. So Gallo said his dad and stepmother are the perfect example. Together, they take in only 48k per month, or I'm sorry, per year from social security payments and their pensions. He said, but they spend 40 a year which means they are rich you know because they are having more money than than they actually need in the end for me it is not really kind of real quote unquote definition of how to be wealthy or whatever or how to be rich but yeah I know it is what it is I do really have to say I think it is actually well it is seven you know what I'm going to go through the whole one, but I'm going to skip the Quora question, you know, because I'm not, I'm not willing to have a really long episode because I know that people are not going to, to, to watch it. And why, why then? Like, yeah. The fifth one, don't listen to any experts about whether or not a recession is coming. As I said before, nobody actually knows if it is coming, but we know when we are in a recession. And this is the point, you know, we can't anticipate it and you can't even predict it. Therefore, just really don't listen to them, really don't listen to them in terms of what you should be investing in, because as he also said in this article, they're probably going to sell you something, you know, and this is the only reason why they want you to just invest in the market. The sixth one is, do all you can to be great at your job, but you have to be honest with yourself. And um, it is something that he also says is applicable to your business, if you're a business owner, which means... First of all, for the employer, you know, and or for the employee, I'm sorry, just really be honest to yourself, you know, are you actually a good part of the company? Are you a valuable part of the company? And if you're not, you have to change that, you know, as I said before, if you're valuable to the company, they are not going to fire you, they're not going to lay you off, because it wouldn't make any sense for them, you know, it would actually be just hurting them, unless it is actually like, okay, you are kind of the least favorable one or the least valuable one for the company you know you're still valuable compared to I don't know years ago or something but compared to other people you're really not just as valuable as they are you know you know what I mean the thing is just be valuable for the company if you're working in a company and I do just I do also have to talk about something but I would really like to talk about something but you know let's actually finish up with this and then I'm going to talk about it and also when you're having a business just really be uh, just the thing is, if the economy is good, the chances there that there are actually a lot of small businesses, maybe even your small business, just because there is so much money in the system, you know, just because people are actually able to, people are actually able to, to fund you basically, you know, with the money that you're giving you for your products for your services. Whatever it might be, they are able to fund you in in the end, you know, they're able to sustain you through the products you're producing, through the services you're providing. In the end, it is really like when there is no money, people are not going to spend money just on anything. They're going to be just really conscious about what they're spending it on. And it might, they might not be spending any money anymore on your business, you know, because they somehow feel like, well, I don't actually need it. And therefore, just really be honest to yourself: Is the product or service that you're providing to people is it actually something that people are going to to also invest in when there is going to be a recession? You know, and maybe change it up. Maybe you're gonna just um, add something to your business or whatever. And the seventh and last one is: Be someone who reduces stress rather than increases it for your boss and everyone around you. The main point is there. The main point there is that you should just not be a person that is that is getting everybody down and or everyone down. You should actually be the person that is, that is motivating the other persons, you know, especially in times of a recession where everything is just really fucked. You should really be the person that is motivating the other ones. You should be the one that is happy, that is bringing happiness to the other people and all those things, you know. You should not be the negative, the pessimistic, the person that nobody wants to be around with, you know, because you're going to get so fucking depressive just because of you you should really not be the person. But in general, I really have to say that you should in general not be the person because why would you? Like, nah, you know, life is great. Life is, life is just amazing. Life is just amazing, you know, and it is what it is. Life is amazing. You do just have to kind of maybe even change your perspective to see that, but life is amazing. But something else that I'm willing to talk about before I actually start, uh, end the episode, being an employee, Being being an employee is definitely not bad, you know, something that you can see really often, really often, and something that really is bothering me as well um, is those posts on Instagram or any other social media website where it is like, okay, you know, when you read 10 books a day, you're going to just go from being an employee to a multi-million entrepreneur, which is actually the kind of perfect thing you can be. But it is not the case. It is really not the case for everyone. You know, if you're an, empro- if you're an entre- entrepreneur, you're going to be an entrepreneur. Of course, you might be starting off as an just normal, quote-unquote, corporate employee and then just get to your entrepreneur level and then you make hundreds of millions of dollars. It is possible. If it is making you happy, you know, if it is not making you happy, why would you be doing this? Why would you actually be doing this? You know, if it is actually something that you wouldn't like to be doing. If you're an employee and if you like to be an employee and you're actually making... The thing is, you can make way more money as an employee than you can with your small business. You know, if your small business is not doing good or with a business in general, because the thing is, chances are pretty high that you're going to not have a good business. Chances are actually relatively high, especially in times of a recession. Then actually being a high valuable employee in a company is way safer. And in the end, maybe even making way more money over your lifetime than having a fucking business. But on the other hand, if it is actually the case that you like to have businesses and if you like the grind of having a business, then of course, actually have a business because it would actually drown your soul. It would actually not make you really happy if you are working a corporate job. Therefore, you shouldn't also be doing this because it wouldn't make any sense for your happiness. And happiness is one of the things that we should all be a little bit more focusing on because it really, really matters. It really matters. But yeah, and also being an employee is not bad. You know, it is not just beneath in terms of just a level system or something. It is not beneath a fucking entrepreneur, especially also not in terms of money. Like Tim Cook, he's just an employee from Apple or of Apple, and he's making sixty fucking, 16 fucking million dollars a fucking year. Of course, you know, compared to the revenue that Apple is making, it might not be a lot, but it is a lot. Like he is... Just having a decent life. And he's able to have a decent pension as well. Therefore, yeah. But yeah. um, Great rant. (laughs) Actually, a pretty great rant. Rant. I think it's actually rant. In the end of this episode. But yeah. And this is going to be the end of the episode. And I really enjoyed it. And if you have enjoyed it as well, please consider (laughs) subscribing. subscribing to the podcast and also subscribing to the youtube channel it would really mean the world to me it would really 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 mean the world to me um so thanks in advance you know please do it (laughs) and also like it and also dislike it if you have not enjoyed it and please give me some feedback if you have not enjoyed it you know because i obviously want to just make the best content i possibly can with what i'm having because it is a lot of fun and then if you're having fun, um, doing, making content, doing something, please make content out of it, like, we, we all can, we all can make a difference, we all can just get famous, quote-unquote, or get rich by doing our YouTube videos, or by making our YouTube videos, in theory, it, it is really possible for every single person on this fucking planet, and it is amazing, it is just amazing, but yeah, um, I uh, wish you the best helpful, feminism and also success. And I also hope that you're going to remind yourself on you going to be remembered, which means your legacy, because we can totally shape our legacy, you know, by being nice and then being remembered as a nice person just because we've always been nice the whole fucking entire lifelong. The thing is, no matter how nice you are and no matter how generous you are, there's still going to be someone that does not like you and or just dislikes you or even hates you. It is what it is, I guess. And three other questions that I hope that you're going to ask yourself are, why are you here? What are you trying to change? And what is bothering you the most? And those three questions might lead you to figuring out your purpose because purpose definitely matters in life. Therefore, ask yourself these questions. And i see you the next time, hopefully. So please subscribe. Stay subscribed. Stay tuned. Stay happy. Stay cool. Stay something. I don't know. i see you the next time. I hope.